all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. Thank you for listening to Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens, and I am joined by my illustrious co-host, Dr. Allie Brown. We are here in the studio today talking about dentistry. That's our topic. It's the dental show. So whether it, I, you know, you hear there's nothing that hurts worse than a toothache. Um, so if you have problems with chipped teeth, aching teeth, tooth pain, mouth pain, um, denture questions, problems with your teeth, uh, sensitive teeth. Um, we hopefully will have an opportunity to address some of those concerns and give you some really good information today. Um, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. If you're not near a phone and you'd like to shoot us an email, feel free to do that at women at mpbonline.org. We are joined today by our special guest, Dr. Braden McIntyre, who is with Dental Care of Madison. So good morning. Good morning. Um, good to have you here. Um, Dr. McIntyre, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up in the New Orleans area. I actually knew Dr. Brown in elementary school. That's and right. um, Lucky guy. That's it, yeah. <laughs> and I uh, went to uh, Ole Miss and uh, graduated there and then, then went to dental school in Jackson and graduated in 2003. I've got a wife, Amy, and uh, two little girls, Rivers and Riley, ages six and nine. Awesome. So you kind of made your way to you're you're kind of a Mississippi guy, for the most part. That's right. Yeah, I, I adopted. Ex- that hey, that counts. Adoption counts. I think you Berlin. you always fit in kind of as being a Mississippi guy. I feel like he wasn't as rowdy as some of those uh, New Orleans guys we we grew up with. You're just telling me I didn't fit in Louisiana. <laughs> well, that's a nice way of saying that. Yeah. Well, I think it's really this is exciting, right? Because we are all um, Mississippians now that's by right. by design and by choice, and we have roots in you know the the surrounding area that also touches our listening audience. So for um, whether it's from me being from Alabama and you guys with your Louisiana roots. Um, so again, guys, we are talking about dentistry today. We are so excited to have um, a dentist in with us. It's been a while since we've had an opportunity to talk about teeth. We've done some other aspects of oral health when we, you know, talked about, talked with the, um, the ENT surgeons and some other folks who came. We talked about oral cancers and some of those things. And now we can talk about some of the great preventive things that you can do to maintain your teeth. Um, so if you have any questions, again, give us a call. That number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 677 6764 So, t- so um, tell us a little something about what's the most common thing that you, um, you do as a dentist? Is there any one particular thing? Is it pr- so how much of your practice would you say is preventative and maintenance versus dealing with problems? 
You know, that's a good question. I've never really thought about that. You know, we just have the patient come in and we address all their needs. We start with preventative and make sure they have a good base for everything. And then we just address their needs as they as they come up uh, with uh, especially in general dentistry. There's a wide range of things that come our way. Uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, oral cancer. Uh, that's the first thing we check for. We do a quick oral cancer screening, and it's so important because nobody else is going to look in their mouth. Uh, and so we get an opportunity to look in their mouth two times a, ye- a year. And uh, we do we do run across oral cancer and hopefully be able to, to catch it quickly enough so we can get, get uh, diagnosis and treatment. Uh, but there's a wide range. I mean, there's preventative, there's taking care of problems that hurt, uh, there's, uh, you know, even things such as sleep apnea we can screen for and help direct the patient uh, to go see the, the, the sleep physician to get that checked out. Um, there's, just a, there's just a wide range of more than just, just, it's more than just getting your teeth cleaned. So we talked about, you mentioned um, a couple of times a year. So what exactly are the recommendations for those folks who are listening? What are the recommendations for, you know, routine maintenance, preventative care with respect to dentistry? So what should that entail and how often should it happen? You know, from a professional standpoint, you're talking, they need to come in at least twice a year. And then depending on where they are, how long it's been since their last cleaning, they may need to come in more frequently. But that's what you want to start with, your 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 bare minimum. And then it's educating them on good home care, um, brushing and flossing, and, and, uh, and so we can educate them so that they can do what they need to do in between their visits to us. All right. Well, we have a caller on the line, so we'll go straight to the phone lines, and we will hear from Julie, who's calling from Macon. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. Thank you for your show. And um, I'm pleased to know that I'm on target. I've had both my cleanings for the year. Wonderful. See there, you're right on schedule. <laughs> What's your question? Uh, my question has to do with, okay, I'm um, nearing the seventh decade of my life. And um, so I've been hearing about implants. Now, I have one one bridge um, other than that, I, I have my own choppers. So um, I've been hearing of older people having to have implants, and I want to know when when is the decision made to um, for a person to get implants as opposed to partials or you know whether they're removable or, or, or fixed and that kind of thing. That makes sense. I guess. Do you, are you missing any teeth right now? Well, unfortunately, when I was younger, I, I in my molars, all four of my uh, back molars, I they were decayed, and at that time, I didn't know the importance of having another tooth put there. So over time, those teeth uh, have shifted, mm-hmm. sort of into the the areas that were less vacant. Um, but other than that, I have all my teeth. Okay, you know, implants are just just think of it as a tooth replacement. It's it's uh, but it's a uh, a fixed tooth replacement, meaning meaning that it stays in place. You don't take it out. Uh, so it's an artificial root placed in the bone that looks and functions just like a tooth. So it, it's just a matter of if you if you have any missing teeth that you need to replace. 
uh, implants are, are a great, great tool for us. It's been a game changer. It's a, it allows us to replace teeth in ways that we were not previously uh, allowed to do so. So uh, then if, uh, if those uh, openings um, had not uh, had teeth to shift into them, then I could have done that. But is it too late now since my teeth have shifted into the vacant spaces? Uh, possibly. Uh, you would have to, since you are going to see your dentist uh, twice a year and you've been going to your cleanings, that would be a great question to ask them because they could, your dentist could look and see if there is available space because there just has to be enough room for to place the implant and also room to put the crown that would go on top mm-hmm. of the implant. That's a good question. Uh, is it an option to, uh, when I get older, you know, start losing my teeth? Is that an option uh, to, um, um, what do you call them, um, what am I trying to say? Is it an option uh, to uh, have an implant as opposed to having a partial plate? Yes, ma'am. And that would be the, the preferable option as long as you know, there was adequate bone support in that area. But, you know, the best thing is just to maintain what you've got. Uh, to uh, maintain your teeth just by brushing, flossing, and seeing your dentist on a regular basis to 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 hold on to what you have. Okay, thank you. Right, Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks so much for your call, Julie. We really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Once again, I'd like to remind everyone the number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Our phone lines are open. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Our topic for today is dentistry. We're talking all things teeth. Um, so, if you have any questions, haven't had an opportunity to get in to see your dentist, or if you've seen your dentist and are having issues um, and have some questions, give us a call. If you're not near a phone line, you can always um, send us an email, and that. Email address is women at mpbonline.org. So um, Julie just asked us a question and kind of touched on several different points. How long are teeth supposed to last? Uh, Teeth can last a lifetime. Probably, right? But I mean, people are living longer. Are teeth really intended to last a lifetime? Well, yeah, and Julie said, when I get older and my teeth fall out, almost like it was a given thing that her teeth, she was making plans for teeth falling out. So do they... Is that a necessary? Is that a ne- necessary and natural part of aging that your teeth are going to loosen up after time and fall out? No, no, they they can last a lifetime with proper uh, care. Uh, the thing that we see most often in people as they get older is the medications that they take, causing dry mouth, and then you can get rampant decay just because the mouth is not able to bathe and wash those teeth, and so sugar. Or uh, uh, can really stick to and attack the two, two surfaces. So, on people who get a little bit older in life and have reduced salivary flow due to some of their medications, you know, water intake is very important. Of uh, trying to reduce frequency of sugar, fluoride treatments, and even possibly having fluoride trays that they sleep in can really be beneficial to them. I never thought about that. That's a great point. Yeah, another reason to drink water. Indeed, and and you point out the importance of you know the the natural purpose of saliva and how it can be protective in maintaining tooth health or dental health, um, and also the importance of of diet mm-hmm. um, as it pertains to being able to maintain your your teeth. And it's it's not just diet, like how much sugar; it's frequency of sugar. 
for every time after there's any sugar introduced into the mouth, you're going to get about 30 minutes of acid production. The bacteria eats, eats the sugar and then produces acid, which causes the cavities. So if you have a can of Coke and you sit, you sit it on your desk and you just drink it in one sitting, you're going to get 30 minutes of acid production. But then if you take that same Coke and you sip on it all day long, every time you take a sip of it, you're going to get 30 minutes of acid production. So that same amount of sugar can be a lot more detrimental to the mouth if it's if the frequency is increased. Yeah, and we have a call on the line, so we'll go to the phone lines in just a second. But I, I want to stick with that idea, what you just said about the frequency, because I think that's something that's really beneficial and was a learning point for me as a new mom with my children, mm-hmm. you know, trying to trying to be concerned as their new teeth are coming in and how those little sippy cups and bottles, you give it to them and the kid may sip on those things multiple times, you know, over the course of an hour. And that one, one time I had a pediatric dentist say, you know, it would be better. So the juice itself is not the culprit. But it is, I would rather your baby drink 32 ounces of juice at once than to drink four different eight-ounce glasses of juice in the course of the day. Sure. When we were just talking about dental Mm -hmm. health. Now, of course, I didn't want my kid to drink 32 ounces (laughs) of juice, period. But it was just to illustrate the point that... You know, it's about the this repeated dose of sugar that they're getting and the the byproduct of that ingestion multiple times was far more uh, problematic than just that one big hefty dose because that's 30 minutes and then Mm -hmm. you're good. And so if we're drinking water the rest of the day, then we've had our little 30 minutes and we're fine. Um, So I thought that was really great. But we're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines. We got Rick who's calling from Ripley. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Um. I have uh, probably had two abscessed uh, teeth, uh, one when I was young and one uh, a few years ago. And um, once I had that one a few years ago, I started getting my teeth uh, uh, pictures uh, made once a year so I could, you know, know about the abscess. We found out about the abscess kind of accidentally, and I went on and got a root canal. Um I'm getting older, uh, and I found out, I thought they were taking pictures of all the teeth, and then I found out uh, they weren't taking all the pictures of all the teeth, maybe just the front teeth. But anyway, uh, say I'm in my 60s, can I anticipate uh, as I get older uh, and try to take uh, care of my teeth, can I anticipate uh, more abscesses and and uh, and and then uh, you know do the teeth like uh more than one at one time you know should I be worried about things like that so um Rick's at, Rick's question is dealing with abscesses and whether or not he can expect that there'll be more of them to come cuz he's had problems but can you just kind of give a little background for the people who might not have experienced a dental abscess exactly what that is and then kind of <clears throat> No, that was actually I was actually posing that to Dr. McIntyre. Oh, but I, got, I got you, Rick. I was just I trying to help him. To <laughs> no, we're just trying to make sure that everybody. The there, yeah, he's Look, he's you, trying to steal my thunder. Yeah, we're going to give you we're going <laughs> to give you, we're well, give you some really good information. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, there's going to be two two basic types of abscesses. Uh, uh, one is caused by a cavity and in, in, in that gets too deep and gets into the nerve of the tooth 
And so we get the, an infection that works its way to the, the end, to the tip of the root on there, and we get an abscess or a bacterial infection that comes from the inside of the tooth. And the other is a, a gum infection uh, that's just from not keeping everything clean. It's really starting from the outside of the tooth. So, uh, you know, the important thing is going to see your dentist for a regular cleaning uh, twice a year, and then so we'll try to take care of the gum infection before it gets to that point, and also try to uh, try to get uh, those cavities taken care of as a filling before it gets to the point where it gets into the nerve of the to- tooth. It's all about prevention. So if you can catch things as they're small before they get big, then you're less likely to have an abscess. Um, the only, I guess, difference of that is if you've had some trauma to the teeth as a young child or earlier on in life or have a cracked tooth, those can also cause abscesses later on in life that are not caused by gum disease or having a deep cavity. Okay. So, uh, does that answer your question? Uh, what about as I get older, uh, am I more prone to have more abscesses? No, sir. Uh, just the most important thing is just to make sure you're going going to get going to your dentist, getting your X-rays, getting your cleanings done, so that anything we can catch uh, as as a smaller problems before an abscess starts. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Awesome. Thanks for your question. So um, we are about time to take actually probably a little overtime for our first break um so we are going to go and pay some bills and we will be right back talking all things teeth right here at southern remedy for women This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And we're back. Thanks so much for listening. It's Southern Remedy for Women, and I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens. I'm here in the studio with Dr. Allie Brown and our special guest, Dr. Braden McIntyre, who's with Dental Care of Madison. And we are talking about oral hygiene, oral health, dental health, and all that good stuff. Your teeth, all things teeth. Um, so please give us a call if you have a question or if you'd like to share a story. Um, if you have been under the uh, power tools for the mouth, We'd love to hear from you. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. If you're not near a phone and want to drop us an email, you can do so at women at mpbonline dot org. So um, we've had some pretty interesting questions about some relatively common complications that people experience um, with shifting of teeth and questions about implants and some things uh, related to abscesses and infections that can occur. So um, what I'd like to do is put our wonderful guest on the spot and play a little game. And the title of this game is Our Guest Dentist is a Smarty Pants. And so what we're going to do, what I'm going to do, and he's totally unprompted. He's looking at me like, what in the world are we about to do? So I'm going to throw out a term 
and you, Dr. Braden, are going to um, explain it to our listening audience and maybe give him some pearls about it. He's getting so ready. What He's stretching. Do, I know, right? He's doing calisthenics, jump, jumping jacks, a couple of push-ups. He's a wrestler, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, so we're going to throw out some things, and this will be a good opportunity for people to learn. And I didn't make it, you know, too ho- too hard because I didn't want you to show off too much. Um, but I'm just going to throw out some things, and maybe people can learn something. Um, so first, first term is gingivitis. Uh, gingivitis is just uh, an infection of the gums. Um, it's uh, basically how you know you have gingivitis is if you brush or floss, and when you spit in the sink, you see some blood there. Uh, so it's just a mild infection. The good thing that, about that is that it can be easily changed. Uh, just continue to brush and floss, and within two weeks, that should resolve. Uh, what I tell my patients is, you know, when they, I don't want them to think when they brush or floss that, oh, I've done something wrong. No, mm-hmm. you, it's the... I can see that because it's like, oh, I'm bleeding. So right. Let me stop doing yes. this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> don't so, stop. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that would make sense. You know, you cut yourself, you're bleeding, something, something bad happened. But no, it's just to just power through it, continue and know that that is a normal healing process as you're brushing and flossing and just to continue to do that and to, uh, in about two weeks, that should uh, start to be a little better. <laughs> Now, if you've got uh, periodontitis, which is the step up from that. that ah, you took my other word. Okay, uh, keep going. Oh, sorry. See, he's a smarty pants. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, that, that's something that just standard brushing and flossing is not going to be able to take care of. You're going to need to go see your dental professional, and they're going to need to do some, some, some more extensive cleaning. And not, not when I say, I don't like to say extensive. I shouldn't say that. But just... The buildup can get on your teeth, can get hardened by the calcium in your saliva, and it gets stuck on there like cement. And once that's on there, you could be the best toothbrusher in the world, and you are not going to get that off. You're going to need a dentist or a dental hygienist to remove that, and then we pass the torch to you, and then that's where your brushing and flossing uh, comes So into those play. are the little scrapey tools, mm-hmm. what they need the scrapey tools that's for. That's a technical term. I got gotcha. you. Yes. Um, so we have um, so we're going to take a break from our game and we are going to go to the phone lines again. We have Linda who's calling from Port Gibson. Good morning, Linda. Hi. Hi. What's your question? Yes, uh, I have a fear of dentist. And, uh, I've canceled two appointments and I just like to know, uh, can he help me or? So I think, you know, Linda, I think what you're saying is something that's probably very common. Yeah, I think this brings up a great point. Dental phobia. People who have a fear of the dentist and you know some for some folks they are fearful because of the the little scrapey tools it, that it's talking a, about it's a, a very drills. real it's a very real thing usually it stems from a something that happened in childhood uh and it stays with people for the rest of their lives and and, and it's not something i don't think that it's going to be something that once you have this fear that you're going to you're going to overcome it and then you're going to love going to the dentist. <laughs> right. it's, it's, Every day. It's, it's going to be, it's, it's something that, that you just try to manage and deal with. Uh, the, the best thing to do is, is when you go see your dentist, inform the dentist that you do have this, this fear and, and talk to him a little bit about it. Maybe he or she can talk to you and, and let you feel a little more, more comfortable. It's all about developing a relationship with your dentist. And, uh, and then once you have confidence 
in them, then you'd feel a little more comfortable proceeding forward. But the I, the the first step is just to go in and just have a cleaning. That's the easiest thing. It's usually not very invasive. It, it's uh, and it's it it starts the relationship off. So, Linda, do you have any particular things that you can identify that you feel like have contributed to your fear of the dentist? Is it the sound of the drill? Is it that you've had painful dental experiences I've, in the past? I've had painful uh, uh, dental experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I grew up during the 60s, and you had to go to, you had to uh, one dentist that I knew of, and it's like all he knew to do was pull and stick. And uh, he only just used one shot of Novocaine. And he would, he would pull the tooth out. He would pull the tooth out just like it's, oh, I could just see it now, and I was about, Oh, eight or nine years old. Yeah, oh, I can yeah. I can sense the uneasiness just as you're talking about it. I'm freaking out. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, you know, and that that's another good point that now um, compared with when you were young um, or younger, that now there are so many different um, things that we have available to make people more comfortable when they go to the dentist. A dentistry has definitely changed over the years with advancements. Uh, you there the procedures are done a little bit differently different materials are used it's a lot easier process on the patient uh there's you know it may be that you just need to talk to a dentist a little bit and, and convey convey your fears to them or it may be that you need uh some laughing gas to help you relax or possibly let's say if you had a lot of work done and it needed to be done you could go to a dentist that provided iv sedation and get it all done at once, and then you're taken care of. Uh, of course, no matter what you get done or what treatment, it has everything has to be maintained. Nothing lasts forever in the mouth. Uh, and then the better you take care of things, the longer the, the fillings or crowns or anything will last. Well, thanks so much for that, Linda, bringing out a very important point that I'm sure has affected a lot of people. So good luck to you as you go and get a, get a new relationship with your dentist. Go find you a nice dentist. Exactly. All right. Now we're going to keep on the phone lines, guys. We still have a couple of lines open. That number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 And we are going to go right to Mikey, who's calling us from Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, good morning. Thank you for answering and helping me again. Um, my most important question, I have two of them, but the most and foremost is um, where do you call for advice and review if you are pretty sure if you have a dispute, what board and where? Um, when you say a dispute, what a, what are you, you mean with a, with a if dentist? You you've been deliberately harmed by a dentist. Well, so... I think the uh, process would probably, I mean, you should probably find someone who could represent you, and there may be a... Aside from a lawyer, ma'am, what dental? Oh. Oh. Dr. McIntyre, do you have, like, a state licensing authority? There there is a state board, but I would... would Do they take complaints You know, I'm not sure the exact process through that. I would encourage you just to, to... you may sure there's no miscommunication with your dentist that that provided the service. A lot of times that can be something that you could resolve, you know, with with the dentist through uh, communication. Just talk to them and make sure, uh, give them the opportunity to uh, make things right. 
it's done by state, state by state then, right? Correct. Yeah, they, to, each state has their own governing boards for um, for professional organizations, whether they're physicians, um, dentists, all of the professional healthcare professions rather have their own governing boards for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, great! Well, that's all healthcare then. Yeah, absolutely. Doctors and and you know. Yes, ma'am. We all we, all that stuff, huh? Yeah, we, everyone. All those. The, so, professional organizations, um, state by state, all have governing boards that kind of regulate um, and can address some of those issues. And depending on the particular um, local laws, regulations, and rules, can make a determination as to whether or not there's something, some other action that needs to be taken. And my other question, if I may, I hope you have time. Um, uh, uh, and this has nothing to do with the former question here. Um, why are there? Well, maybe it does if it's all healthcare professionals. Why is it um, that there are warnings on medications that are prescribed for women regarding jaw deterioration with osteopenic or osteoporosis with the medications that are prescribed? What sorts of re- re- repercussions might be? Anticipated and avoided. So, um, can you ask your question one more time? You like said bisphosphonates. about mm-hmm. about. If is it a particular medication? Doctor, yes. If you're if you're an older woman mm-hmm. and you get home with the medicine that says, you know, this has been prescribed to you by your doctor because you are osteopenic I got you. or you uh, potentially osteoporotic. Um, and this is why we're giving you this medicine, then uh, why is it prescribed? Uh, because particularly when it, it, it involves the possibility of jaw deterioration and what sorts of repercussions could it be expected and warnings. And what can we, is there anything that you can do to um, uh, make that? So, Dr. Um, McIntyre, are you familiar with this uh, right. side effect? Yeah. That, that's... that's uh, on these medications, the main thing is for what I'd say with dentally related is that you know if your if your doctor has prescribed this for you, then that's something to talk to your your physician about why it was needed. But from a dental standpoint, it, where it comes into play is you want to be sure to tell your dentist if you are going to have a tooth pulled uh, because there is some risk of uh, osteonecrosis of the jaw. Uh, depending on what co- type of medication it is. You may want to have that medicate be off of that medication for a certain period of time, and that would reduce the risk. But the main thing is to just let your dentist know that if you're on any kind of uh, medication, medication such as that. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mikey, for your call. Have a good weekend. We are going to our next break of the hour. We still have callers on the line. We have one line open. We see every one of you that are waiting. Thank you. And we will get to you right after we take this short break. This is Southern Remedy for Women, and today is The Dental Show.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thank you for listening to Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. Today, we are talking about dental health, and we have our esteemed guest, Dr. Braden McIntyre, who is here with us in the studio from Dental Care of Madison. And we have three callers on the line, so we are going to get right to our phone lines, and we are going to go to first Dexter from Oxford. Good morning, Dexter. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I got two different questions. Uh, first question is, uh, I, I live in Oxford, Mississippi. So, first question is, how do I go about finding a good pro- prosthodontist in our area? You know, I'm not sure if there are any prosthodontists in that area. Um, so, what's a prosthodontist? It's just a dentist that specializes basically in crown and bridge, and also dentures. Um, but there, it could be something, but many uh, general dentists also can serve a purpose to help in a lot of those those areas also. So I would start with just going to your general dentist, get a cleaning, talk to them, and see if it's something they feel comfortable in proceeding with or if they need to refer you to a prosthodontist in that area, and they would be the best one to steer you to a, a, a prosthodontist. So okay, thank, uh, second second question is um, I do have crowns. Mm-hmm. So uh, in two different locations, lower left molars and right upper molars. Uh, there's two locations where the crowns are separated and has produced a gap. So uh, mm-hmm. when I chew on things, uh, sometimes I get food impacted, and so I've been trying to manage that with uh, inter inter dental brushes, so yes, I just want to see if you have any comment about uh, gaps opening up between the crowns. Sure. Uh, you, the The solution for that problem would be new crowns to close in those gaps, because the food's always going to pack in there, and it's going to cause trauma to the gums, even if you're able to clean it out. Mm-hmm. But, but also... You know, you need to start thinking about why are these teeth moving? What are causing these teeth to move? Is it uh, is your bite off a little bit? Uh, is it underlying gum disease that is causing the loss of bone support? And as you chew, the teeth are shifting around a little bit. So there again, we'd need to go see a dentist and make sure that the support uh, for the teeth is there before we invest it in in. Uh, another crown. Okay. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thanks so much for calling, Dexter. Um, So we're going to keep going with the phone lines, but really quickly, I just want to throw something in here to ask you. If somebody's looking for a dentist, say they've not been or they're trying to establish care or they've been kind of not getting dental care for a while and now are ready to do so, what kind of things should they look for? You know, how do you know you got a good dentist? Uh, one is talk to family and friends. Talk, go see if it's somebody they've been going to for a long time. If they have a good relationship, word of mouth uh, is really a good way because they've truly experienced the dental uh, office and can tell you their experience. And uh, if if they're continuing to go and they continue to like, it's probably a good place to start. And then also there's always Google and there's Google reviews. And then you can get... Uh, 
the you can get opinions from other people that have gone and seen a dentist. So you have license. So outside of being licensed, are there boards? Do you have like are there are there board certified and non board certified dentists, or does it work that way? Uh, board certified, non board certified for specialists, not okay. not for general, not for general dentistry. Correct. Got it. All right, we're going to go back to the phone lines with our two patient guests who are waiting. We got two lines open, guys, and we're getting ready to go to our last break. So please make sure you give us a call one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And we are going to Bob in Jackson. Good morning, Bob. Hi, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? Oh, fine, thank you. Uh, when I was a kid in the 60s, uh, my mother took us to a dentist who didn't believe in pain meds. So he would fill our teeth without giving us shots or gas or anything like that. It wasn't fun, but it wasn't that bad. I guess as a kid, I didn't know any better. Uh, following that, I... Would go to a dentist who would uh, give me shots, and I got used to that. So, are you asking, like, what is the point of the shot? Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. I, oh. I thought I'd lost you. Uh, no, we're here. Okay. We're listening. It wasn't, it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I went to a dentist who actually offered me gas, and I just I found out that uh, having the gas meant that I didn't need as much. Uh, I didn't need the shots as much. So, of course, I was able to talk sooner, and that was that was another revelation. Okay. So he's just kind of, I guess, demonstrating the change over time. And is that something that you typically find? I was about to complain because I see Dr. McIntyre, and he's never given me that good guess. And he's drilled my teeth. I've sent all his kids to college. <laughs> now, you know, it's different for every certain individual. Some people like laughing gas. Some people require more anesthetic. It's it's tailored to each individual person and so you know you start you start and you always want to give the minimum amount of anesthetic that's needed and some people need more and some people need less some people really in, enjoy the the laughing gas it helps them relax um, and some people don't like the way it feels so it, it, there's no uh, blanket answer for everybody you just have to just uh, just cater eat to each individual patient what suits them best so finding the right thing for you correct yeah awesome well thanks so much for sharing bob we appreciate it have a good weekend and if someone has very superficial uh cavities do they necessarily need a shot or you know you know most do some children don't uh and for for some for some kids uh the shot can actually be more traumatic Mm. than the work uh so just if you can catch the cavities uh, when, when they're really small, uh, sometimes you can really uh, make the patient more comfortable without anesthetic. But for the most part, uh, we you know patients are more comfortable with anesthetic. There is a little something like anxiety producing though. When you hear that little that drill, because even mm-hmm. when we're just walking through the dentist's office and you hear the drill going, you can't help but. <gasps> Have that moment where you stop. All right, we are going to go You're back. You're freaking Linda out right now. I'm, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and go to Ling, who's been super duper patient, who's calling from Arkansas. Good morning, Ling. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, thank you so much for holding. How can we help you? What's your question? Yeah, my question is my teeth uh, are falling out, breaking off at the gum line. I'm 71 years old. Uh, and what would be better for me to do, just let them all come out and put in a complete false crown, or do I just need to try to put in individual teeth? You know, that that's a really good question. You know, uh, typically, 
you know, it, there's a big difference between top and bottom uh, on the dentures. Before I get into that, just generally, you always want to try to save your teeth. It's always nothing can is going to do as well for chewing, eating, speaking as your natural teeth. Now, so then you want to go to your dentist, get checked out, and see if they any of the teeth are restorable. Can they be saved? Um, if not, you know, and then you need dentures, a top denture does pretty well. You get good suction on a, on a top denture. It'll stay in place. On the bottom teeth, there's a lot more moving parts on the bottom. You've got the muscles on the floor of the mouth, the tongue, the cheek, and all that can really move around a complete denture. When I say a complete denture, that means you'd have all your teeth pulled on the bottom. Um, so if you can save some teeth on the bottom, it would be preferable so you can have a partial denture that would snap onto those teeth and it would allow you to eat a lot better and a lot more comfortably. All right. Well, that, that, that pretty well answered me. I thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thanks for your call. Again, guys, that number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send us an email to women at mpbonline.org. So, um... Great calls um, that kind of interrupted our original game, which is perfectly fine because we are definitely here for our listeners and want to get those questions answered. But now we got a little bit more time before we take our next our last break, I guess. Um, So we can go back to a couple more things. And here's one that I wanted to throw out. And it was mentioned earlier. Root canal. Root canal is uh, just the the cleaning out of the nerve of the tooth. Uh, Generally, it's because a cavity has gone into into the has gotten big enough to where it's gone into the nerve of the tooth, and it's too big for a standard filling. Uh, you know, you, you hear about people saying, uh, "Oh, root canals are painful," and really, root canals are not painful. They are getting you out of pain. Uh, there is nothing that hurts like a toothache. That is just an extreme pain, and and the root canal will alleviate that pain. So. When you and then the important thing to remember on when making a decision on a root canal is when when on if it's on a back tooth the if you have a root canal you have to also get a crown put on there and what a crown does is it acts like a belt for the tooth and keeps that tooth from cracking because the chewing forces are so great in the back that if you get a root canal on a back tooth and then do not proceed and get a crown put on there you're basically wasting your time and your money. You might as well just go ahead and get it pulled because the tooth is not going to be able to hold up to the chewing forces and it's going to crack and you're going to lose the tooth. So like peanut butter and jelly, they go together, huh? Root canal and crown. Yeah, never thought of it that way. <laughs> they go together, crown Using and root next, canal. Next week. <laughs> crown and root canal, peanut butter and jelly. But just eat that peanut butter and jelly once in one sitting. That's right. <laughs> exactly. That's don't right. don't nibble on it all, all day, day long. long. Well, I tell you, my husband was having issue with that with his coffee at work because he was using like that some sort of like a sweetened uh, creamer, and all of a sudden he was having problems with developing some cavities. And his dentist was asking him, not you, it was his mm-hmm. previous dentist, uh, what was going on, and he kind of pinpointed that, and he never thought about it. He was just bathing his mouth all day in sugar and sugar, the sugar bath. Which in turn helps to promote tooth decay. Yeah, and and those liquid sugars, those that when you say it bathes those teeth, it bathes all the way mm-hmm. around, and so a lot of times it gets that sugar. Especially uh, you see kids like drinking Dr. Pepper's, Cokes. It's just bathing those teeth 
in in sugar and it gets in between the teeth and then when you brush your teeth you're not getting you're not getting uh, into those areas as well as you would if you're flossing so teenagers who drink lots of cokes and don't floss is not a good combination all right well you hear the music guys we're getting ready to take our final break our phone lines are open so if you want to give us a call now's your time one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. this is southern remedy for women all things dental we'll be right back This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And we're back at Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. And we are now starting our final segment. So if you have any calls or questions regarding oral health or dental health, please go ahead and give us a call. That number is 1-877-672-7464. Our guest is Dr. Braden McIntyre, and we are talking about teeth. Um, So, Dr. McIntyre, we have kind of gone over, I guess, a general overview. Can you tell us something? Okay, it's kind of more difficult to do, I guess, when we're on the radio. But explain for our listening audience, just we're going to be real basic here, how, how, What's the appropriate or the correct way to brush one's teeth? What what should your daily oral care or oral hygiene entail? Well, I'd say I'd like to start off the first. I think the thing that most people, that they don't brush their teeth long enough. You're going to want to brush your teeth for, for two minutes. So nobody's going to brush their te- teeth for two minutes if there's not so, some sort of timer. So whether it's an egg timer or... Uh, You've got an electric toothbrush that has a timer built in it. That's the first thing. And then the other thing is pay attention to what you're doing. Uh, It's easy to miss spots. And it's easy if you brush your teeth to just brush maybe just the back ones or miss the corners. You really have to map out a game plan of how you're going to brush your teeth. You know, start in the back, work your way across the front, then let's go to the bottom and just do it the same every single time. And so, uh, so you're in at first... It's going to, you've been brushing your teeth all your life, maybe not in the correct way. So you really have to think about it. It seems so basic on how to brush your teeth. But, you know, if you've been doing it wrong and all have all that muscle memory of doing it wrong all that time, uh, you know, may have to pay attention a little bit more at first. Uh, don't brush real hard. Plaque is soft. That buildup is soft. Uh, your dental hygienist or dentist is going to get all the heavy stuff off. You can just get the light stuff off because you, if you brush too hard, You'll brush your gums back, and you'll get recession and cause some other problems. So basically, you want to brush for two minutes, brush softly, use a soft bristled toothbrush, make sure you hit all the spots, and then uh, also floss daily, and then a non-alcohol mouthwash. Uh, the reason non-alcohol, the alcohol, if you have one, you know, you put an alcohol mouthwash in there and it feels like you're doing something. It's burning. It but, burns. Right. <laughs> but it, it dries out your mouth. And, act, and most people, they, uh, you know, you're a lot of people, I say most people, a lot of people are using it for to get fresh breath. The alcohol will dry out your mouth and actually 
give you bad breath. So we have got about a minute and a half. Yeah, I know, right? So we got a minute and a half. We're going to go to the phone lines really quickly and talk to Terry, who's calling from Ridgeland. Good morning, Terry. Hello. Hi. Hey, what's your question? Well, um, I was just going to address uh, the high cost of, uh, of crowns, um, uh, root canals, uh, and certainly implants. You know, for most Mississippians, certainly for me, it's uh, it's almost prohibitively expensive. I I have an upper plate that is so uncomfortable that uh, uh, it's uh, I don't even enjoy eating with it. And, uh, you know, it uh, certainly affects, you know, social situations, going out and eating with folks. Is there any, you know, uh, anything on the horizon that may make it more affordable? Wouldn't it be great if it was something that would be covered through, uh, you know, Medicare or insurance or something like that? Uh, You know, nothing. I don't really think there's anything on the horizon that's going to make dentistry cheaper. Uh, But really, the prevention is the cheapest thing. Uh, It it costs a lot less to prevent cavities than from uh, than from ca- than fixing them later on. So, uh, going in and getting things on the front end would be cheaper. And some of those things are covered by dental policies and dental insurances to some degree, correct? Correct. The, uh, those are covered a hundred to eighty uh, percent for most cases. Well, Terry, we we feel your pain, and we understand that it's expensive. It's hard to get things fixed when they've kind of gone awry. So, um, I think that. That that makes a you've made a very good point. Um, we are gonna that's gonna wrap us up for today. Thanks so much to our special guest, uh, Dr. Braden McIntyre, who was here to share his wisdom with us as we learned about how to keep that's our kind of mouth, a tooth pun. How to keep our mouths healthy. Um, I'm Dr. Michelle Owens, uh, the host of Southern Remedy for Women, and we were so grateful to you all for listening today. Um, It was produced and engineered the show today by Jay White. Our call screener today was the phenomenal Liz Gill. Join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women, and stay tuned. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.